Hello and welcome to another episode of the DH Effect. My name is Sonia Montiel and I am here with my amazing co-host Hilary Bilbrey. And today we welcome embodiment and identity coach Diane Hackey to the DH Effect. Her journey back to trust and belonging with her husband through her own self-discovery work serves as such a powerful reminder that healing work always starts within. You know, this resonates with me so much, and I think it will with our listeners as well. You know, Sonia and I both have been married 25 years, but that does not mean that it has been easy every step of the way or perfect every step of the way. And it's so easy to point fingers at our spouses. And I love everything that you're going to be sharing with us, Diane, because as you share your story and some tips that we can immediately put into action, it's really about how we show up for ourselves in order to be that better partner. So welcome so much. Thank you. Can you start by just giving our our listeners a little idea of what brings you here to this moment and what it is that you do? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So what brought me here? I ended up in this space because I found myself deeply unhappy in my marriage um, my desire for my husband had just, it was gone. I was almost repulsed by him. We're, we're just, we're just going right in like right deep into okay. it, but Do it. Do um, it. yeah. And so I found myself in this place where I was thinking terrible things. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to get out of this marriage, but I don't know if I want to leave. And I don't know. I was just in a very messy place mentally. And, um, I finally got to the point where I ended up talking to my husband about how I was feeling, but ultimately what I realized was that I had a bunch of my own shit that I needed to look at, right? The, the things that I was experiencing to a point, right. Was on him. Well, it was on both of us. I think we were both mirroring each other back to the other. Right. So, um, but a lot of it was within me. And so I knew I was like, all right, I have a choice I can make here. I can either, potentially leave this marriage and keep repeating the same patterns, or I can stick around. We can start having hard conversations and I can go deep within myself to see where I am creating this external reality that I don't want to be living in. So it really kickstarted. Yeah. This just deep journey inward. Well, I mean, how powerful that is and the courage to stay there to, to, so basically for a lot of their people wonder, well, what is the decided heart? What does it mean to live with a decided heart? And really it is the choice that we make. So we have all these experiences in our lives and, you know, much of the experience will like shake, brush it off, move forward. Like, Oh, didn't, that didn't happen. I'm just going to ignore it. Right. But it's those moments, those experience where we say, wait, there's something here. I have to make a choice. I have to be accountable. Am I willing to be accountable and elevate from this experience? And that moment, and we have many of these moments, Mm -hmm. we have many decided heart moments, but it's when we stay and we deal with the the stuckness or the hard things. And then we say to ourselves, I can elevate from this. And that's what it sounds like. Um, What a difficult situation it was and that courage to to really um, elevate. Yeah, so I think it continued. We kind of did a little bit of, some craziness to find our way back to our marriage. We actually ended up opening up our marriage for a little bit, um, which really sent, really showed me a lot within myself that I hadn't seen before. I was like, oh my gosh, that's where it comes from. Um, But I think I really started sharing because I felt so alone for so long, right? Like my story is not that unique. I'm sure that there are plenty of people listening who are like, 
yeah, I lost desire for my husband and I've, you know, been completely miserable in my marriage, but we don't talk about it on social media. Everybody shows how perfect their lives are. And, you know, it was so funny when I started sharing my story, so many people started coming out of the woodworks and they were like, I have this problem and I have this, and can you support me here? And it was just like all of these people who you think externally have this beautiful, happy relationship or happy life are really just struggling on the inside. And I felt so lost and so alone for so long that I just, I thought it was important to share and to at least put that out there. So. Yeah, Diane, I, on that note, I mean, I just, I want to, I want to ask you, I guess, a little bit about this because, you know, we have this really romanticized ideal. I mean, thank you movies. It will never, right. My husband sometimes has even said that to me. He's like, there's literally no way I can ever, ever live up to that. Can we just agree to that? Which is really, it is really hard that that is all on there. Um, but something that I think is, I think it's important to have the conversation about the struggles. Do you have any thoughts or advice about how do we have those conversations without getting into complaining? Because I feel like we don't actually talk to solve sometimes with our girlfriends or whether it's like, and you know what else and blah, blah, blah. And that's not productive. Right. Um, so it's, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's taboo to talk about it. I feel like it's taboo to solve it, to like, do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's in how you talk about it. Right. So I do a seven day, no complaint challenge. And one of the rules, you know, because what is complaining, I can come home and say, I'm really tired you know, just expressing, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed early. That's not complaining. But if you come here like, Oh, I had such a long day. I'm so tired. Blah, right. There's a big difference there. And so the same thing, when you're wanting to talk about it, I owned, you know, when I shared, it was like, this is on me. I'm owning this. I see this. This is the problem. I'm taking responsibility for it. My husband's taking responsibility for his aspects, but I think a lot of it comes in how you come across with it, right? So, and even talking to your partner, now we used to be really bad about anything. I always felt like I couldn't, I couldn't be irritated with him. I had to always be happy with him and he was the same with me. And so we never would let each other know when we were getting on each other's nerves. And it seems so small, but it was just, both of us had this just deep fear, I think of stepping on the other's foot, which is festered as resentment and passive aggressiveness. And so now it's simply you know, I'll come up to him and be like, Hey, can I talk to you about this? This bothered me. And I often acknowledge, I'm like, I know that this might just be on me, but it's really bothering me. So I just want to talk to you about it. So I think it, it has a lot to do with how you come across with what you're saying and really the energy behind it. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I want to learn more about that. I mean, you talk about the conversations around, you know, marital struggles as normal, like being more normal. And, you know, I married Richard, my husband, young, and yes, the whole facade of show up, show up happy and show up like, you know, all love and glitter and things like that. No one really taught me or showed me how like, no, this is what, this is the closest relationship where you must be vulnerable and talk about the hard mm-hmm. things. Um, and then you say, you know, it's especially around sex. Oh my gosh, that wasn't a language taught to me. And, and then of course, assertiveness about, oh, what is it that I want? What do I, I mean, want? Yes. Oh, that was so taboo. I still feel, I got a little chill right now. We're like, still oh. working on it as friends. We have these conversations <laughs> with one another trying can to, I, yeah. can I ask this of my, you know, like, yeah. oh, it's so weird. So what, <laughs> help us. <laughs> Where do we oh go my on? goodness. I can't say that I'm perfect here either. There are still things that are very hard and uncomfortable to talk about, especially when it comes to sex, right? We, we 
in some ways did completely rip that bandaid off, especially when we decided to open up our relationship because it was like, okay, everything we're doing is on the table. We're talking to each other about everything. Um, but I think it just takes that willingness to get uncomfortable um, and to notice when you're kind of settling back. So we keep going through periods. In fact, I've recently caught myself in one where I'm recognizing that some of my needs aren't being met from him, um, especially when it comes to kind of my spiritual journey. I'm I think on a much deeper journey than he is. And I enjoy having those deeper spiritual conversations, but he doesn't understand everything or even care to talk about. And, you know, it's easy to just say, oh, I'm going to go find that somewhere else or whatever. But it's, first of all, recognizing where these are showing up for you. So it could be in conversations, it could be in play, it could be in sex, it could be wherever, and just noticing that and then being willing to get a little uncomfortable, um, which is really where the struggle is, is being like, okay, I don't want to have this vulnerable conversation, but I know it will be for my marriage's highest good and for the, you know, the betterment of me and my relationship. So how can I even just begin scratching the surface to kind of open the door to that conversation? I think that is so important. I want to really put an exclamation point on that. I have a friend that once told me when you're uncomfortable, you're on the edge of your growth. And we've been taught by society that we're more uncomfortable. We're supposed to immediately fix it, or it means it's danger or it's, but no one ever taught us that being uncomfortable sometimes means that you're about to grow and growth is hard, but on the other side of it, you know, you have this, this beauty, this absolute beauty that can happen. And I'm thinking in particular, like about five years ago, um, in, in my marriage, in our marriage, I was really, um, struggling with the financial aspects of things. I basically had given things over to Jeff. Part of that was societal. Part of it was he was making more money. And so I, you know, I stayed at home more with the kids. We had three kids and my career always took the back burner when things got hard with his career, then I would just stop doing my work because I've always been a coach and a consultant and so on. And so there were this built up resentment and there was all kinds of, you know, like it's my, when is it my turn? And why do I always have to ask permission? And I was angry with him for a long time and it came out in little like years. And then one time I finally just had this conversation with him. And I remember taking like this big girl breath <laughs> you know, of like pulling up my panties and, you know, like, okay. And I said to him, I'm like, I am tired of being your daughter in this relationship when it comes to finances. I feel like I have to ask permission all the time and we cannot go on like this. And he looked at me and he's like, thank God, because it's really a lot on my shoulders. He's like, I never asked you to ask me permission. I never wanted. And I'm like, well, dang, <laughs> if I would have just said this like 20 years ago, it would have been all these times that I, and it was all in my head. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to accommodate, as you said, the mirroring, accommodate me. And it was my garbage and it was my fear of dealing with finances. So I was giving it over to him and then resenting at the same time. I love that story. And that's something that... <laughs> projections. I'm like, there's like a web of projections because you have this idea of what you think the other person thinks and you're projecting that idea onto them. And then with them, even unconsciously or reflecting it back to you. So then you think that the reality is within, but within them, but the reality is within you. And it's just like this whole mess. And so, like you said, it's like asking, right. Is it true that, you know, my partner 
it feels like he needs to be in control of finances or did I just assume this because we've been living this way or whatever it is, right? Kind of recognizing where those projections are coming from. Um, and there's a lot of that within me. It was like, man, you know, like I said, I was like, we both had a lot of passive aggressiveness for a long time in our marriage. And I don't know where it stemmed from. We talked to us like, it could have been from you. It could have been from me, but either way, at this point, we're both just reflecting it back to each other. So we can't blame anyone here. And I think that's really where it's like, okay, if you found yourself in a position in your relationship where you're unhappy, it's kind of just like, let's just like kind of cut things clean right now and make a decision together that we're not going to blame or place judgment on the past. We don't know who started what, maybe we do, but, and it's just kind of deciding from there to really focus on how you're showing up for your partner. For sure. So I'm, I'm so curious because, um, all right. And I'm thinking about your big girl panties and we all like looked at it. It's on the bed. We know something is oh, not right. We know we want to make it a change, but how do we actually put on the big girl panties? And, you know, like when you say the decision to be uncomfortable and be vulnerable, but there's an action that has to happen. <clears throat> and you talk a lot about the power of shadow and energy work. So, you know, I would love to know, because like, how do you even take that action yeah. to approach the, the hard conversation? Um, I think it's just a decision within yourself. Um, so once you see it, right, it's willing to see it. And I love kind of how the universe works. Um, because like I said, there's something coming with me recently and like a, somebody I follow on Instagram dropped something that kind of explained what I was feeling. And I was like, oh, this is it. And now I felt more like I could go explain to him how I'm feeling. So I think there's this place of questioning and either kind of allowing the answer to surface within you so you can better understand what you're feeling and what you're experiencing. I don't... It, for in my experience, I often, it takes me a while to understand what's going on within me. So I try not to just jump to conclusions about my emotions or my feelings and really settle into them and understand where they're coming from. And then it's saying, okay, I see this for what it is. And just kind of asking like, Hey, can we have a conversation? Um, writing a letter can be a really beautiful way to kind of start those things, it still can feel uncomfortable. But I think that um, I've known many couples who they have a hard time communicating face to face because the other partner might think that they're being attacked or, you know, they want to have their input or they want to get their two cents in. And so they're not really hearing the concerns of their partner. And so I think that writing a letter can be a great way to really get all of your thoughts out and to reread it and to make sure that it's not attacking in any sort of way. Um, and to kind of like get your, all of your bullet points and then giving that to your partner can be a beautiful way to really express yourself. But I think it just comes down to saying, Hey, I don't want to live this way anymore. And I know that I can either keep stuffing it down and pretending it's not a thing, or I can just make the decision and say, Hey, I love you. Can we please have a conversation about this? Okay. I think it's, I, I love the importance of bringing the awareness. It, it really is this intentionality, right? Of first, first deciding that you want to work on the marriage, right? Cause there are so many people that also will just get into a situation and they're like, well, I don't feel good. I'm out. Right. And so number one, and, and I'm not saying there are certain situations where maybe it isn't right. Maybe it's toxic. Maybe there it, it is irreparable. And so first of all, understanding the difference there. But I think one of the things that as we're talking, I'm thinking about is how, again, that being uncomfortable, the dissonance. And when we have that dissonance, when we still are trying to work through how we feel and we can't quite say it, sometimes that's when the, excuse my being not very nice, but the, but the, um, the verbal vomit 
that comes out because we're trying to figure it out instead of like, okay, you know what? I, I, this is dissonance. I'm going to sit this with this for a second. Uh, I'm not going to make it worse by like the, mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to sit with it. And we think that that work to healing sometimes has to be so complicated and so crazy. And <laughs> I need to seek this out and I need to do this and I need to climb a mountain and then I need to go become a monk. And I need to like all of these things. And it becomes more of a to-do list, to-do list and more stressful. I mean, is it that, does it have to be that complicated, Diane? No, I absolutely don't think so. This is one of the things I've actually been harping on a lot lately is I think that, and you know, I've done all of that. I spent a couple of years, um, going deep into the shadow and I still love shadow work, right? Don't get me wrong, but like doing the workbooks and doing the special meditations and trying to follow things step-by-step by step and buying into all the programs and courses and, you know, feeling like I was missing something. And ultimately what I've come to find, and I'm going to say this very generally, um, I know that people can have some more traumatic things that might need more support, but it's like for the general inner work, you don't really have to do that much work, (laughs) right? I think it simply takes cultivating self-awareness, which you have to be intentional about, right? Um, And I still, I kind of, if I'm in a fun place right now, because I spent like the last year kind of just at home, working out from home, working from home, doing all the things from home. I just rejoined a gym I was at. And it's so fun to see all the little tests coming up because I was like, Oh, I've gone so deep into myself work and into my self-awareness. And I've been really conscious. And now I'm like witnessing all these moments of unconsciousness come back up with me. I'm like, okay, we still have some work to do, but it's simply just noticing that being genuinely curious about it. Right. Why is this coming up for me? And just remaining in that place of awareness and open curiosity, because what I have found is that awareness breeds awareness. If you simply ask yourself a question, where is this coming from and let it go an answer will usually surface in some way, shape or form, either from within you or like, you know, I said a moment ago, sometimes the universe will like put a sign up for you or God or whatever you believe. Um, And it really is a beautiful process that I've witnessed within myself countless times. And I've witnessed within people I work with too, is just this like gentle inner work where you're just open with yourself and allow whatever needs to come up for you to come up. Um, I also really like to play in the present moment. So I know people will go digging through their past, trying to find stuff to heal. And the present moment will always show you what within you needs to be healed right now. So if you're triggered in some spot and your relationship right now. It's like, okay, this is something that maybe I should look into, get curious about it. Right. So we don't have to go digging for everything. Just live in the now and let that show you what needs to be examined and then get curious about it. One thing that I really appreciated on your social media site, um, Instagram, you, you say something about energy work and playing with energy. And I think that if you could just share that a little bit, because it's just something that our audience can take away today is like, what can I do to really feel that sense of control and how I want to show up. What do you mean by play with energy? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I have been playing more, I guess, with light and with energy and just feeling into my body. So embodiment really, um, living for more of a space of your body, but also feeling the energy around you. So kind of feeling the energy of people, feeling the energy of rooms, and then also can you work with energy, right? So this kind of gets more into, um, some esoteric, uh, kind of law of attraction type stuff, but, what I had happened with me is I'd found myself wanting things in my life to happen a certain way. And I had 
gotten very dogmatic about other people's systems. They were like, this is how you do energy work. I was like, I have to do it step by step by step like this. I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't continuing to do it. It wasn't benefiting me. And I really realized that when you're doing energy work, when you're learning to work with your own energy, when you're wanting to create new energy in your life, when you're wanting to influence the energy of others around you, it's really just play what feels good to you. Right. So you can take things that you've learned, but mold them to whatever feels good to you and what you're going to stick to. And then also um, playing with raising your energy or raising your vibration, which, you know, I kind of, um, I really like sharing with people how just tinkering with your own energy. So before you go into any public space, if you can imagine raising your energy up. For me, I like to imagine a light in my chest that just kind of glows brighter and brighter until it expands out into my aura. And then I feel really good and noticing how people respond to you from that space. So if you're, you're out walking your dogs and you've done this little exercise before, and you're in your high, high energy state, are you getting more people talking to you or more people smiling at you? Um, if you're going out into public are more people responding to you, are they trying to start conversations with you? Are you getting more opportunities and just noticing how shifting your energy influences the energy of people around you and your partner for sure so if you're at home well she we can't see uh, for the for the viewers oh. our one of our shows oh. <laughs> has energy infuser yeah <laughs> yes such and i'm such a believer we are such believers mm -hmm. in, and we talk about this a lot is that power is actually the transference of energy and so being aware of what energy you are transferring to the people around you you know are you going to come in and i do this i i've done this thing before in front of people where you're at work and you come by and i'm so busy and i'm doing this and blah 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 blah, blah. and how does everybody around you feel and then you come in instead and you smile and you're happy and you ask them how and how does that change the entire room. And it's that, that idea of being a thermostat versus a thermometer, right? You are setting the temperature versus becoming the temperature of what's around you. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love everything that you're so saying. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about another hard thing. Yes. And we're going back to our relationships and, and marriage in particular. So it was so great that your husband did meet you there at that space where it's like, we can do the, the hard things together. But <laughs> what if they don't? What if the what if your partner isn't on board and doesn't and decides not to meet you halfway? What do we do? Yeah. So in some ways, I have had this struggle in in my relationship, especially on my own spiritual journey. But um, this is a conversation that actually has come up with a lot of people in my community within the last year or so. I think as so many women, I mean, and men, but. A lot of women in my community are doing the work and they're like, my husband isn't. So first, there is always a potential that it just doesn't work, right? Um, I, for a long time, felt like I should avoid saying that, but I think that there is a reality that sometimes relationships just aren't meant to be together and they don't work. So there is that potential. Then, um, but if you're like, okay, no, I can still work with this. I think it comes back to energy, right? So even if they're not willing to do the work, if you are willing to go inward and really reflect out what you want to receive, they're naturally going to rise up to meet you at least to a point. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't, that's when, you know, okay, maybe this isn't, this isn't right. So in so many ways, while my husband hasn't been on the same path as I am, and I felt some disconnect there, anytime I catch myself in that space and I allow myself to kind of just send the energy out that I want to receive, um, he ends up meeting me there, right? It might not be in the way that I had envisioned him doing, but he still ends up meeting me there. So 
I think that's where energy really comes back to. Because if you get in your head and you're like, they're not doing it, da, 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 right? That's what you're going to get back. So, um, and I wish I had more practical stuff, but that's been the biggest game changer that I've noticed and that I've witnessed in others is just being what you want to receive. And they will either meet you there or the relationship will dissolve itself. Mm. So powerful. Yeah. Um, and I think about this in, in all the relationships I'm, I'm in, um, even with, the, I work with teens and young adults and I, you know, first of all, it's building that trust, mm-hmm. you know, um, and building that trusting relationship is to exude and communicate that I have your back. I will, do, I will be there 110% for you, but there is this line, there is this boundary mm-hmm. where I can only do so much and I will do it so well for you, whoever that is, but then I wait, I will wait there. And then the, the release of, I can only be in control of what I, my thoughts and my actions. Mm-hmm. And I can be patient, mm-hmm. but the, I cannot control the person on the other side to pull them to that boundary and meet me there. And I just think that's just so powerful in what you just described. Well, I do. And I feel like, don't you think, Diane, it goes back to that curiosity, right? Like mm-hmm. we ha- there's an amount of detachment that has to be in place in order to be really live in that, well, self-compassion and, and compassion for the other, but then also this curiosity where instead of, I mean, if you immediately, well, I changed it. And immediately there is not a, a response and now I'm pissed and now I'm mad and now it's worse and see, and I did this for you. And now you're putting yourself back and being a victim. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it really is about being curious and, and, and also saying, this is how I'm showing up for myself, regardless of the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to vibrate at this level. And then along the way, I'm going to do a little bit of a truth gun and say, Hey, like, how are we doing right now? How am I feeling at the end? Is this still working? Is it not getting curious with that in order to move forward? And if there comes a point where you can't be who you know you are within the relationship, then that's where the decision maybe needs to be different. But it really isn't like, I think becoming detached from the outcome of the other is Mm. so vital. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also key to recognize that people are going to meet you where they are. So we often think that, you know, I can give this to my partner, so they should be able to give this to me, but they might not even have the ability to do that. And so asking like, where are they? And am I willing to maybe even, you know, I kind of play with coaching a little bit, but can I coach them or can I kind of nudge them or, you know, offer them something that is, that meets them where they are. Right. I think something I've noticed in growing a business is when you're an expert in something, you often speak to people at a level they don't understand because to you, that's normal everyday talk. Right. So it's like, how can you find something that's like, okay, I know that you're not all the way up here in the esoteric, but maybe we can, I don't know, pray. I don't know. I don't know, but something that just round it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then allow them the space to do that. But if you're immediately cutting yourself off because you assume that you've raised your vibration, they haven't met you there, they might not be able to. So getting again, curious about that and curious about them and curious about, you know, is it worth it to you to see where you can support them, what they are interested in and to open up maybe more conversations and just to get to know, you know, a little bit better. Amazing. Well, I know that our audience and listeners are just going to be like, okay, I need to do the work. I want to do the energy work. I need to, you know, so how will they be able to find you? 
or not yet. Yeah. Well, no, I I mean, no, I love that, but I also, I I don't, um, I want to give you the space to describe what it is that you do, because at this point people might be like, okay, this sounds interesting, but what exactly, if I get a hold of you, are you doing? So if you don't mind kind of describing what can you do for our listeners? And then, and then of course, where can they find you? you? Yes. Yeah. So I am an embodiment and identity coach. So really it's, um, moving from mind-based living to present moment embodied living. So living from a space in your body, kind of what we talked about earlier is like looking at what's coming up for you in the moment, how you can heal it. And then the identity piece comes in because we didn't really talk on this, which is fine, but, um, we tend to attach ourselves to people, places, things, uh, titles, um, ideas and beliefs that don't support what we want to step into. And a lot of these things can be very subtle and we don't recognize them. And so it's looking at what aspects of yourself have you attached yourself to that are preventing you from moving into the space you want to move into and how can you begin to at least become aware of those so you can start releasing them and step into the version of yourself you want to be. So when we work together, we do, um, I just I pretty much create a space for you to get really curious about yourself in a supported way. And I also act as a mirror to reflect back to you, you know, what I see within you that you might not see. So sometimes it can be a little triggering, but I say, if your coach isn't triggering you, then what are you even doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I work right now. I only have one offer. It's a one-on-one six month journey that we go on together. I do it this long because it can take that long to break things down and integration. I've done so much work on myself that wasn't integrated and I felt like it was a waste. And so the longer space really allows that. I am active pretty much only on Instagram right now. It's my favorite platform. And then just trying to get out my local community, but you can find me there, diane.hatkey or my website is dianehatkey.com. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining us here. I mean, it has just been a pleasure and so fun. You definitely are our people, Diane. So you're welcome back anytime. Um, Ben, thank you to our listeners for joining us again at the DH Effect. We hope you found something that really will help to inspire you to take action in your own life. Make sure that you do check out our website as well as Diane's, um, the dhaffect.com, because we have a brand new store. We have all our social media links there, and you can get links to the podcast as well. But until next time, or and until next time. May you find the courage to live with a decided heart anchored with this identity, trust, and belonging. Thank you.